0: Talk Radio. Well, good morning, folks. This is Troy Dooley with Real Mentors Radio, and I hope that wherever you're at in the world that you are having the best day of the rest of your life. I know I am. You know, this is just phenomenal. The clouds have dissipated. The sunshine is out again down here. The water was just an emerald green lapping up against that pure white sand beach this morning. And I, and I enjoy my life. God has blessed us immensely. And when I started reviewing, once again, chapter 3 of Orn Woodward's book, Resolved, I, I, I had to sit back and think, how does my attitude really affect everything I do? And chapter 3 is resolve. I resolve to have a positive attitude in all situations. And and Oren writes this. He says, I know that my beliefs determine my attitude, which leads to my results. Now, I want to segue just for a second. I want to think about this. Does And these are questions that Oren doesn't bring up in the book. They just, I ponder this stuff. And, and I don't know. I guess it's because God didn't create me to be this gigantic recruiter in network marketing. He created me, and, and I'm a thought leader. So I, I try to think these things through, and I... I I, I get deep into that critical thinking mode sometimes, probably to, to my demise in some cases, but this is the question. Does a positive attitude mean that you turn your back on the reality of the situation? I mean, let's think about this for a second, and we're, we're going to dig into this and see what, what Orn's thoughts are on it. But think about this for a minute. You're, you're going through life, things are going great, and then something just slaps you upside the head. Are you supposed to ignore that? I mean, having a positive attitude freaking sounds easy, doesn't it? But when you're going through hell, it's hard to keep a positive attitude. So that's something I was pondering. And we're going to go through this because I think it's important. Here's what something Oren writes in the very opening paragraph. It's amazing how much a person can learn about another's attitude by listening. People who say that they have a positive attitude but think, negatively reveal their true state when they start speaking now I thought about that in lieu of the question that I just asked and I thought man you can have a positive attitude face the reality of a situation and not be negative you can know it's going to hurt you can know it's going to be painful but you can keep your, your, your attitude focused forward it doesn't mean that you're a, you know, one of these people that just I don't know. They drive you nuts because everything that you ask them, they've got some sweet smile and sugary sweet answer. That's one of the things that just frustrates me sometimes going into churches. You, you ask a person, man, how you doing, and they all say God is good, He's blessed me. And that just frustrates the fire out of me because for years I thought, man, I must be going to hell in a handbasket because i'm i'm having some issues and i didn't even want to talk to them because i thought man i don't want to bring them down so i think that there's a fine line here and and that fine line is we and we're going to dig deeper but i mean i, I if we resolve to have a positive attitude i firmly believe that means we are focused on the big picture the epic adventure that we've been created for But it doesn't mean that we're not going to have to face some of the harsh realities of of just ugly situations. But if our attitude's right, we'll be able to move through those. And I believe that's the key. This is something else that I put the word wow by. And any of you that that are new to our show, let me explain to you. When When I write in journals or I write in books and I say wow... That's, uh, that's, a, that's an acronym that I've created for words of wisdom. That, that means I've got to put that on a three-by-five card. That's something I've got to ponder deeper. So I put WOW by this. He says, the person's thinking is more important than the actual event. Since the event happens only once, but how we think about it repeats again and again in our heart and our mind and is shared over and over again with ourself and others. Now the reason that was important to me is because I know there's a verse in the Bible where the Lord says, "If you've already, if you think it, you've already done it." So, and and and, and, and don't I don't want people to think I'm taking it out of context, but but as I pondered that, I got to thinking about. It. I thought, man, in the Lord's case, He's talking about murder and, and adultery and all this stuff. But since science has proven that the mind can't differentiate from fantasy and reality, then if we keep pondering on events, we could drive ourselves into negativism. And I thought, man, that is that is pretty powerful because here's what I found in my life anyway. If I ponder and ponder and ponder and ponder and ponder, and ponder a situation, sometimes it gets kind of hazy and and. And what really happened, maybe I'm just seeing it wrong, it's kind of like sharing something at one end of a of a row of seats and by the time it gets to the other end it's something different. So if we look at this again, a person's thinking is more important than the actual event, we realize that we have to feed our mind... With the correct information. See, it's not just about knowledge. I know that the world has this, this myth that says knowledge is power. And I call it a myth because I don't believe it's the knowledge that's the power. It's the wisdom that each individual person gets from the knowledge that they place into action. So it's really the wisdom. And if we apply the right wisdom, then we're constantly going to be using a positive mental attitude as we face the negative things that we we go through. Orne writes this, The difference between a positive or negative person, then, isn't determined by their experiences, but by which voice that they listen to. Is it a negative voice, or is it a healthy voice, a positive voice? I I learned something from Tony Robbins many years ago, and I I was listening to a CD that he did. And in the CD he says... You can focus on the negative about your spouse. Well, she's gotten fat. She don't wear makeup anymore. She's got a a drawer full of perfume that she never wears that I spent thousands of dollars on. She never puts on those diamond rings anymore. He goes, or you can focus on the positive. Man, I remember how good my husband was the night we got married. Man, I remember how sexy he looked. Standing on the balcony Man I remember how much he's helped me With the children Boy he is a hard worker See we can, we can take the negative or we can take the positive So it's a matter of reframing How we see it See if we can get the context And grasp it And reframe it Now we're on the right path forward Warren writes this, listen to this. In truth, the voice doesn't change the facts. However, it can radically change how a person responds to them. See, here's something that a lot of people don't realize. Your emotions are driven by your nervous system. Your nervous system is what you have to be able to control. And what, does, what, what is the one thing that controls our nervous system the most? Fear. So if, if we're sitting there, I mean, this is really a catch-22 oxymoron. If if our nervous system is what controls everything in our body, and the way we see it in our mind, which is where the emotions are, are driving that, then probably 99% of the time we get a negative attitude based on fear. We can say we're positive. We can We can read every positive motivation book. And at the end of the day, if we're not reframing things right, if we're just letting it build up, then it becomes like a virus that we don't even know's in there. I challenge you all, this would be kind of funky, and it's, it's. I mean, if you've ever seen Orrin Woodward, he's always the most professional, articulate oracle. I mean, he's constantly in a suit and a tie, and his hair's in place. So I'm going to talk about a movie that you can watch that will help you understand maybe a little bit more. You can, Actually, it's a two movies if you want to get them both, but... Tron and Tron Legacy because it actually shows what happens when a virus gets in and screws up something good and I believe that's kind of what happens in our mind see the hard drive, that actually it's the kernel it's it's something most people won't know about deep inside the computer if it gets corrupted like our mental capacity can get corrupted then what ends up happening is we get all messed up. All of a sudden, we can't handle what we're seeing. All of a sudden, we make up something new about it. Mary Hunt writes this. I thought this was good. Years ago, my husband and I decided not to replace my car once the lease was up. The plan was that because we worked together, we would share his car until we could pay cash for a second car. We figured that'd take about six months or so, so I was ready for it. I wouldn't say this new arrangement was the most enjoyable after I got into it. Actually, I hated it. I felt like I'd lost my freedom. My wings were clipped. No more spontaneous stuff for me. It wasn't the being chaperoned as a passenger in my husband's car that I, was, that I was worried about. I didn't have to ask permission for it, so it wasn't that. Let me put it this way: I just wasn't the most pleasant passenger. We'd been commuting together for about three months when I realized that it really wasn't the situation that was intolerable; it was me. I was making myself miserable not by recognizing that the nicest guy in the world was willing to be there, was willing to take me anywhere I wanted to go at any time. It was that I was ungrateful and horribly self-centered, I needed an attitude change, and I needed it quickly. I decided I had to reframe my thinking because the situation wasn't going to change anytime soon. I decided that rather than be a pathetic, dependent child, I would see myself as a woman of privilege. I have a driver. Every day I'm driven back and forth to work, during which time I'm free to chat, read, think, write, knit, So, nap, I never have to wash the car, I never have to pump gas, I don't have to insure it, register it, worry about the smog thing in California, all because my driver is also my maintenance man. (laughs) Several times a year when I need to go in a different direction, I get a rental car, which allows me to try out some brand new fancy cars and get my fix behind the wheel. A different way of looking, the same situation. Now put this in perspective in your own life. What situation in your your life is just driving you freaking nuts right now? Can you reframe it? Can you can you put it in a different focus so that you start to realize hey, there's something good to this. If I reframe this, I can do this. I I I I'm going to tell on a client I had a client this couple months they flew me into town, and instead of picking me up at the airport, they rented a town car to pick me up. Now, I, I make notes constantly. When I'm dealing with clients, one of the things that they do is they say, be, be raw with this. Tell us what we're doing that we can fix. That was one of them. Because I was expecting to be picked up by the airport by the founder of the company or one of his top generals so that we could brainstorm for the 45 minutes back to their office didn't work that way so i had 45 minutes of my time which is valued at somewhere between 125 and 150 an hour that was just it was just wasted there was nothing going on for the client see a lot of times we do this we we think something looks good or we think something's going to be good when really it would have a negative impact on us and we've got to reframe that here's what i did I couldn't change that situation. There's no reframing in that situation. But I can change the situation. So you want to know what I did? I called my mentor and said, listen, I'm going to need a ride back to the airport on Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Will you take me to the airport? And you want to know what he said? I mean, bam. Yep, I sure will. I'm looking forward to it. And we had 45 minutes where he was the speaker, I was the sponge. And by the time we got to the airport, we had devised a plan where I will get to be part of his training program this year and be on stage working with a man that I respect and love. I took a moment, figured out this isn't going to work. My clients can't change that fast, so I've got to make the changes. And made it. See, you can take any situation in your life and make a change. Leaders are perpetual reframers of events for both themselves and their organizations. Listen to me. If you're a leader... If it's a company, if you're just leading you, if you're leading a squad in the middle of Afghanistan, it's pretty cool. I know I've got some military guys now that listen to us religiously. I love that. It does not matter where you're at. You can reframe the situation to benefit your organization, to benefit you, to help you grow to that next level that you need to be at. I remember one of the greatest moments in history and Oren writes it in this book. And it's in it, and, it, and it's a perfect time. I watched a whole campaign flip. And it was the craziest thing we'd ever seen. It was in 1984. It was the first time I could actually vote and I was actually I had volunteered my time to be on Ronald Reagan's campaign. I was so excited. I just thought, man, this is the most awesome thing under the sun. He's running for a second term. We're going to kick the butt. We're going to make it happen. But man, Walter Mondale was coming on pretty strong. He was younger. He was he was there. People liked him. He was a Democrat. He was different. And Ronald was getting old. So during one of the most crazy times in political history, during the debate. When age was brought up by Mondale, Reagan, in that beautiful oracle way of speaking, said, well, I was not going to make an issue of age in this campaign. I don't want to exploit it just for political purposes, because I fully understand that my opponent's youth and inexperience could cause some problems. Totally reframed the fact that people said, man, you're in your 70s. We sure you can lead the country. See, reframing something changes everything. I watch my mama constantly reframe the stuff she's having to go through with my daddy right now. She remembers the good stuff. She doesn't worry about the bad. We can all do that. Remember, it's not what happens to you in life that matters near as much as how you respond to it. See, no one can plant negative in their mind without permission. See, you personally are given permission for those negative thoughts. Now listen to me. Sometimes that is done subconsciously because of experience uh, that you've grown up with. That's that's where Tom Hopps' book, uh, Time Out, Winning Strategies for a Better Game of Life, would would be ideal because it will help you understand why you are the way you are. Tom is my personal mentor. I love this book. It helped change my life uh in a lot of little ways that I never realized. So I recommend that book. It's a it's a wonderful one to buy. But this is what you've got to look at. Warren writes this and I thought this was good. Winners don't make the rules in the game of life, but nevertheless they must learn to apply the rule rules in their favor in order to win. See there's certain things we just can't change. There's certain experiences we can't we can't fix. But by golly, we can figure out a way to make it a win, and I think one of the things that we can do there is we can look at do we have a short term perspective or long term perspective? See it's our attitude that that allows us to maintain hope to maintain focus while we're going through things one of my one of my business associates. We, we, I can't call him a friend because our relationship is very, very young. But he's somebody that I'm grown to admire because of his frankness. And it's Gary Racer, the, the CEO of Limo, And he's going through a situation right now where where a distributor has violated not just the company policies and procedures, but their personal relationship, their trust. See, when you have a person into your home, when you, when you allow them into your life, and then they... They turn on you, so to speak, and that that cuts deep, does it not? It doesn't matter what company it is, but it hurts you 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 It's hard to keep a positive attitude let's just be realistic when when you have been emotionally raped i guess would be a better word maybe to use that's when you that's when you really got to look at your attitude. Am I going to keep a positive attitude through the garbage? Or am I going to allow the garbage to get moldy and to get maggots and to cause cause a nastiness in my life and in the lives of those around me? This is a, this is a you got to think about this because something's always going to happen to you. You and your wife are going to get in a fight. You and your girlfriend, your significant other, your boss, your best friend. See, think about it. If it's not the events, then it's how we perceive those events and what we have to do is remember we can't change it but we can change how we see it Coach Wooden had three philosophies I love the fact that I love the fact that Oren uses this so much here this is how Coach Wooden led his team never whine never complain never make excuses See, if we don't whine and we don't complain and we don't make excuses, then no matter what happens to us, we will stay focused on figuring out a way to go through it. It doesn't matter if we call it a roadblock, a road bump, a, a wall, a, you know, a cavern, a canyon. It doesn't matter. We will figure out a way to climb it, swim it, jump it, blow it up. That's what it means to have a positive mental attitude. You're not ignoring the fact. And see, because of my military background, I do think it's different because in the Marine Corps especially, there's there's we don't have a word in the vocabulary for surrender or retreat. Just not there. And you may say, well, now, Troy, are you being realistic? Absolutely. And if you read the history of the Marine Corps, you will actually see where just a handful have men. I'm talking about a small amount of men, sometimes cases of one. Against overwhelming odds, have changed the course of a battle, won the war. It's an amazing deal. When people understand mindset, I understand mindset because I went through the Marine Corps Leadership Academy called Boot Camp. There's a reason that every embassy in the United I mean in the world in the in the most hot zone areas there are is guarded by United States Marines. There's a reason the US Marines protect the president of the United States. Now here's the kicker. We never whine, we never complain, we never make excuses. We don't know how to surrender and we don't know how to retreat. Now, if you're in the middle of a situation and you know you can't change it, the enemy is going to come over that hill and blow the ever-living snot out of you. You don't retreat, but you may need to create a new path, so you may need to go left or right. You may need to back up a little bit and go a different course. But you never take your eye off the ball. You never take your eye off of the objective. See, to retreat means you have turned your back on where you were going. You have a negative mental attitude. You have turned your back on where you're supposed to be going. We never retreat. We never surrender. But, Troy, I've heard Marine Corps people have been POWs. Absolutely. I did not say we don't get captured. We do not surrender. And if you study Marine Corps history, let alone other military branches, you will find some of the greatest escapes from prison, and you will find some of the most scepterfuge espionage ever took place behind the prison walls by men and women who said we will never surrender. Same thing. No negative mental attitude. We can't change the situation. But we sure in the Sam Hill can decide we're never going to retreat and we're never going to surrender. We know where we're going. We know what we have to do. In other words, these are orange words now. Leaders address the issues head on, seeking to resolve, not inflate the matter worse than it is. Leaders address the issues head on, seeking to resolve it, not inflate it. See, we understand that when we get captured, it's an event. It doesn't mean that it's a failure. It doesn't mean that we got to surrender. Oh, poor me. When the enemy's coming over the hill and we just are not in a good position, then we understand let's change the outcome. Let's not retreat. If they want to chase us a little bit, they'll get tired. Let's lead them into a trap. You need to do the same doggone thing with your thinking. Here's how you get rid of negative thinking. You develop a thankful attitude, plain and simple. Now, that may sound simple. And you may say, Troy, I don't know if I can do that. Here's how I do it. I have, on a daily basis, Three-by-five cards. matter of fact, I'm going to be with Orrin and his team this weekend. And if any of you are listening, going to be the majors in Ohio, ask me. Say, Troy, can we see your three-by-five cards that you carry with you? Because I carry them with me. And here's how I overcome this. This is how I defeat this and have a thankful spirit. I carry my personal creed with me everywhere I go. And my creed says I will walk daily under the authority of my Lord. I will live by my personal values so I can fulfill the mission my Lord has created me for. I'm to remember my Lord created me as a confident and incredibly focused leader who has priceless value to give the world. I read that every day. I look at my my spiritual gifts. Now, I know that that, to some of you this, this may be what you're talented in. In my case, it's discernment to be able to break down the truth from the fallacy. To be able to, in in, in a spiritual word, prophecy, but but in what we would see is is trend-out forecast. Be able to see what the future is going to do, whether it's in my personal life or business. And I'm not talking about metaphysical and all that crap. Encouragement, writing, and teaching, those are my gifts. I know what my core values are. Authenticity, family, integrity, mercy, relationships, servant leadership, wisdom. But this is where it gets really good. Because this is what I do every morning. And I do this in nine areas of my life. I thank God for the blessings in my life. And I'll say, I accept the blessing of your supernatural wisdom and clear direction in my life. I accept the blessing that you've given me of creativity with courage, with with ability, and with abundance. I accept the blessing you have given me of a strong will yet with self-control and self-discipline. I accept the blessing you have given me of a great family, good friends, good health, faith, favor, and fulfillment. I accept the blessing you have given me of success, supernatural strength, and promotion with divine protection. Yeah, these are mine, not yours. I accept the blessing you have given me of breaking any curse ever spoken over me or my family. I'm talking about negative words, okay? I'm not talking about like... Somebody waved a wand or any of that garbage. Any negative word that has ever been spoken against us. I accept the blessing that you have given me of an obedient heart and a positive outlook in life. And I accept the blessing that you have given me in the city, the county, the country, and the world. And I accept the blessing that you have given me that everything I put my hands on will prosper and succeed. See, if you develop that thankful heart, don't don't use my words. And if you're not into the, the Jesus thing, that's cool. Figure out your own thing, how you want to write it. Just realize that you have to have a thankful heart. Because if you don't, that negative attitude is going to eat you a lot. I will be on the road the rest of the week, but I will be recording today, Thursday and Fridays, Radio Show. So tune in. It'll be there. You'll think I'm live, but I'm really Memorex because I'm going to be up in Ohio researching for a brand new article that I'm writing on Orrin Woodward and team. I'm excited about this opportunity. It's going to be fun. Live life like it's an epic adventure. Be back here tomorrow morning on Real Mentors Radio. As we go into Chapter 4, I resolve to align my conscience and my subconscious mind towards my vision.